And I think that might, some people might, might see that in, in their own goals and ambitions, right? They might see that something that they lacked as a kid is something that they want now. It was funny when I, when I was growing up, the thing that I lacked was um, I never had a roof. Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So we have done it. You have probably heard the 100th episode by now, and I thank every single one of you for the voice notes, for the emails, for the amazing WhatsApp and Instagram messages telling me how you found it useful, for me giving a piece of my life and sharing a bit about my vulnerabilities. Again, I played with the idea of how would do the YouTube video, how I would do the animation and how I would actually present that episode to you. And I'm thankful that the message hit home. I didn't want to be seen as a victim. I didn't want it to be a pity party. In fact, I wanted it to be something uplifting and something empowering to make sure that these lessons that we share on these episodes aren't lost. And speaking of lessons, you're about to hear a fantastic episode from a friend of mine, Ruben Alvarez, who is not only a father, he's a business owner, he's also a podcaster as well, who shares his story. And one of the things I would say about his story, especially when you see him on Instagram, because he has a fantastic account, you can almost start to believe that this guy is almost like the finished article. But in this episode, we kind of delve deeper and we peel back some of those layers of the onion, should we say, using that as a metaphor of Ruben's life. And Ruben is not somebody who is shy to share his vulnerabilities. In fact, he openly expresses everything that he's going through in the most transparent way, which I think, in fact I believe, is definitely the most relatable way for myself and you guys, the listeners. So I'm really interested to get this episode going. He's going to inspire you, he's going to motivate you, but he's also going to make you question why you do what you do. Now you've heard me say that millions of times across these episodes, But it's really interesting to see somebody who recognises that he can't do everything in life, but he can do the things that he wants to do. So without further ado, let's get this episode on the way. How are we doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great, man. And I appreciate you for one, like inviting me and then also for hosting this this podcast. Like, I mean, for the fact that it has to do with anxiety, depression, all these things are really like things that people need to be more aware of and know that it affects everybody and they're not just alone on this fight. Well, thank you obviously for coming on as well. It's always great to have people on the show that has a story to tell because I always believe that every single one of us have a story, but it's always good to get a different perspective as well because your life is completely different to mine, yet we've both suffered with similar things. So it's always good to get as many different versions of anxiety, for example, so that somebody listening can hopefully gain that inspiration that hope that their life can be better as well so a tagline for you and I wrote this down and actually I think it's one that you sent over which was really interesting it's your story is about overcoming anxiety facing your demons and striving for more because you never had it and I absolutely love everything about that because if you listen to the intro of the show it's about combating your excuses overcoming your obstacles it's literally that so you are at the minute I'm hyping you up the perfect guest for (laughs) Find Your Voice so I'm really excited to obviously hear more from yourself 
So if you wouldn't mind at this stage, I'm always eager to understand why we do what we do. And the reason for that is because of the choices along the way. And maybe life has shaped us in a certain way. So tell us where you are now. But also, I want to hear about your story as well. I want people to know who the real Ruben is. Why are you doing the things that you're doing today? Maybe some key moments in your life. Over to you, my friend. Yeah. No, so where I'm at right now is um, I started my my first official business, right? The first business that I'm not just doing as a side hustle where I pocket the money all cash, right? Um, it's a marketing agency. Um, I, I got very, very fortunate that my wife is a graphic designer that I've been doing sales and marketing for a while now. So we combined that. Um, we brought in a few people that also know graphic design that are very, very uh, motivated to put out their best work, right? Because that's what marketing is, is showing people in the best light. So you can't have a marketing company when people think it's good enough, yeah. right? So I've been really, really blessed to do that. From that company stemmed a, um, a podcast as well, right? Which was In For The Kill. Our, the name of the company is The Marketing Hunters. And I was like, what's a great name or a hashtag for a hunting company? So we did In For The Kill and that became its own separate brand, which we're really excited about. Um, I still have my, my nine to five job. Um, we're working on separate projects, maybe another podcast. We're doing like merchandising. We're doing a lot of really, really cool stuff, which I'm happy about. But where I started was, is I actually started as um, a kid without a dad that the dad, my dad, like we kind of get along now. Right. But he was never really interested as a child when I was a child to be there around for us. Right. He paid his child support. He came about like once every month, even though he was supposed to come every uh, week. Right. And he would promise he would come. He wouldn't show up. And um, we lived in a mobile home park growing up, right? Um, I never thought that that was the life that we should have, right? And a lot of where I'm at right now came from frustration, right? And I think that when people run across frustrations, they see them as things that um, hold them back. They think that that's like a roadblock, like stop, this is where you're at, you stay here, right? And the reality is they're more meant as like speed bumps. You have to slow down, but it doesn't mean that you have to stop, right? It just means that you have to overcome that. and like now when I really look at it, frustrations are what push me forward. It's when I'm so frustrated beyond a point that I say, screw this. I'm going to just get pat. Like I'm, I'm so tired of being here, right? Like if I'm here and I can't go forward, I got to go this way. I got to go that way, but I'm just not going to stop. My frustrations are what push me forward. Wow. I love that. And this is literally the premise of the show as well, because what you're effectively saying there is the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So when we have these frustrations in life, i.e. why have I been dealt these cards, for example, which, you know, I don't wish that on anyone. You've had to grow up, obviously, single parent family, not having the relationship that maybe you wanted. But all we can do in life is play with the cards that we're dealt with. And then we have two choices yeah. from there. So you can either make excuses for the rest of your life or we can do what you've done, which I think is fantastic, is say, actually, I'm going to use this to push me. It might slow me down like a speed bump, for example. But actually, I'm going to use those frustrations because not only do my family deserve more, but I deserve more as well. So that's quite inspiring. And I always like the kind of like underdog story and not to make our lives exactly the same, but I have a similar background in terms of you get fed up with seeing your mom work 80, yeah. 90 hours a week. And you think this can't be right for the rest of her life. And, and you almost want to, I can't explain it. It's like an internal motivation of fire, which is what keeps us doing what we're doing. So I see you're very, very active in everything that you're doing now. I'm assuming you're, you're literally working around the clock now. I mean, what's a day-to-day like them for yourself now and how is the anxiety with it as well because i want to i want to understand that as well because anxiety can cripple people but knowing you already yeah. in this very short amount of time any frustrations or something you just see it as something that you have to overcome yeah that's that's the thing is that like every single day and we do it to ourselves that's that's the funny thing is we do it to <laughs> yeah. ourselves it's nobody's nobody's saying hey you got to take that's on so this true. extra stuff 
And I, I am. I'm working. Uh, I wake up at five every morning. I was waking up at four thirty, but it was just kind of destroying me, so I kind of had to pull it back. But I wake up at five. I go to sleep at ten, and um, I take my breaks in between. But I can work from five to ten sometimes, right? With just like little things in between, because there will be some people that say, "Hey, can we work on this once I get out of work?" And they're in Oklahoma time, right? Which is one of my mm-hmm. guys yesterday, and he calls me at six thirty. And my wife's like, you're not supposed to be working. It's like, it's the only time he has, you know? But I was the one that outreached him two months ago to start this project. So the, the days can be hectic. Um, the anxiety that comes with it, the stress, right? Like, because stress eventually turns into anxiety if you don't know how to check Absolutely. it, right? It's a thing that you have to see like, okay, well, I put myself in this situation, right? I am stressed out about it. How am I going to get unstressed? If I'm so overworked and the money's not there, then I shouldn't be this overworked. And if the money is there, then I should hire somebody to help me so that I'm not overworked, right? And that's that's the thing is that like there are um, there are answers to every problem. And if there's no answer, you have to let it go. So it's this it's this constant battle of control. If you can control and you're a control freak, then control it. And if you can't control, that's the part where it's hard because if you're a control freak and you can't control, you gotta give it up at some point. Right. And and if there's nothing you can do it's almost like you have to learn how to meditate, right? You have to learn how to meditate and say like, this is a, this is not me anymore. This is something that I have to kind of just let go. Um, and that's, that's difficult. I mean, I, I can't say like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling <laughs> with this all the time, you know? Um, and I don't want people to think that like, I'm, I'm perfect by any means. And that like, I like, cause I do have so many things going on with people like my own audience. think like, Oh, you're just constantly go. But I, I take time and I stop and I play video games every so often when I'm stressed, I have my, my release, you know? Um, but that's, that's the thing is that like it's constant, constant stress, constant anxiety that comes with everything. But it's learning from the ways that you were when you were growing up, the, the anxieties that you've had before, um, even, even depression. You know, I, I was depressed at one point, too. But learning from all those things, like why was it that these things were happening? Why was I depressed? Why was I anxious? That lets you overcome them the next time that they come around. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, just jumping on your last point there, some of us, a lot of the habits and the way that we are today is because of the things that happened to us as a kid if that makes sense so for example I became anxious only around 12 or 13 years old prior to that I was the most confident kid at school I was playing football I was in every sports team I was literally like anything that involved being around people that was me but then for the next 20 years um, I was a complete introvert and I was really anxious and I was like what actually happened there and it's only recently in the last six, six months or so I've kind of delved back into my life and I recognize there's been certain moments and certain parts of my life that have affected me and changed me. And then it's about understanding that and kind of healing that process, if that makes sense. Yeah. But um, I, I love two things that you said there. The first one was we do it to ourselves. And yeah. it's crazy because we go on this journey where I had the most chilling job. It was so easy to do. I used to move my mouse for a few hours. I used to send a few emails. I was a project manager, basically, for a firm in London. And I was earning a good salary. And after a bit, I was like, there's got to be more to life. And then I jumped into this field where I'm working seven days a week. I'm working 16, 17 hours. I'm run down. I'm burnt out. And it's like when I reflect on that and I'm not earning the same money as well. Why am I doing this? Like I'm almost doing it to myself and I'm increasing the anxiety. But it's strange because I think it also boils down to our innate internal motivation, which is what we said at the start of the show, which is that frustration of hold on a second. I actually still want more from life. And that and that's what I love about this story. And then Also, you mentioned the meditation part, which I think is really, really important for listeners listening is that all we can do is control the controllables. And that's like a mantra I live by because my anxiety can just jump out at me like anytime. I don't know when I'm going to get it sometimes. So in that moment, I have this mantra. I literally have it written around all the house 
And it's like, control the controllables, Aaron, and I have to calm myself down and breathe. I'm not a meditation expert. The wife tries to make me do it. I can't do it. But that's a brilliant tool. So thank you, obviously, for sharing that. And I'm sure now, like you said, it's one of those things we just have to manage and we just kind of deal with it on a day-to-day basis. Is there anything else that you'd recommend to maybe somebody who's got that frustration that you got that fire in their belly, but then things like frustration, things like anxiety is stopping them in the moment. What else could you recommend? So there, there's one thing that I kind of wanted to brush up and it, and it goes with your question, right? Um, there, there's one thing that happened to me recently that kind of started this whole journey. And that's that at my, at my corporate job, right? I, I was making good money. Um, the owner of the company, he was a big stressor too. Like he, he's a certain type of man. He's, he's like, he's from old world countries, right? In the Middle East. And he had this, he had this attitude of money is everything sales month to month, like no long-term thinking, right? Just like what's in front of me. So every month it would be like, Oh, you know, what are we doing this month? What are we doing this month? What are we doing this month? With him, I learned that like with, with people, people can bring anxieties too. Right. And you have to learn that that's on them. That's not on you. So if they're, if they're screaming at you, if they're doing anything like that, that's on them. You let them scream. That shouldn't affect the way that you feel. But the, the reason that I bring him up was not so much for that, but the, the real cause of anxiety we, we talked about is control, right? And when you're not able to control, I was working towards becoming his number two, which I was really there or his number one, right? The, the, the right hand man. Yeah. And I got to that point and I was thinking, you know, five, 10 years from now, he's going to want to retire. He's going to want to leave somebody in place. He's not going to want to come to the office anymore. And that's going to be me. And I'm going to be making, you know, over hundred K, 150 K, right? And that's going to be a great job. And what it ended up happening in April of last year is he sold the company. So all the control that I had was taken from me. And the sales manager position that I had right now, I am a uh, territory manager, right? So I, I just went straight down. So when you talk about control, when you talk about like, you know, why do we want more? It's because deep down, I think people realize that there's no control in having a job and having something that's not there. Right. Absolutely. And we, we take that risk in having comfort. Like the, the, the more comfortable we are, the more that deep down we know, like we're risking everything right now. So true. Uh, just like the people with this COVID-19 thing, right? Like uh, everybody that had a nice job that's considered non-essential, all of a sudden everything, they could have been there for a long time, but if they got laid off, if they can't work for two months, like it's too bad. Like that, that's what it is. So when, when you talk about like the, the, how do you deal with anxieties, how to, um, you know, like really like deal with them on, on a deep level to where you can start having more control. You have to start seeing all the things that are around you that you're choosing not to control yeah. before they're forced upon you. Right. So uh, somebody who's saying like, I, I don't have a lot of stuff right now. I have all these anxieties because of work, because of all these things, like what control were you giving up that you have those anxieties, right. And start taking back more of what you are able to do because you have you have that longing you want to be able to control more and that's why i think the anxieties come is because you're just there and you're like things are happening to me right instead of instead of me making sure that they don't or that they do happen you're just getting hit on every angle instead of you being able to kind of direct i love that i think that's a that's that's a brilliant analogy actually and as you were saying that i was having a bit of a rant so I do personal training, well, I used to for about nine, 10 years, and I'm always preaching to people to look after their health. And one of the first few memes that were kicking off after COVID was everyone was moaning that they're going to get fat and they're going to just keep eating and putting on weight. And this is why I've always said like the few things that I can control, because when anxiety comes, it's difficult for me to really get a grasp on my life. But there's a few things I can control. I can control what I put into my mouth. I can control how hard I work out. I can control the material that I listen to, i.e. 
audiobook books or people's opinions or the news, for example. So I've spent my last four or five years really kind of monitoring what comes in. And if, if I feel like it's coming in and it's not going to serve me, it's going through one ear and out the other. And so now I'm in a position where everyone's anxiety has gone up around me here in the UK. Everyone's stressing because we can't control what we wanted to control or what we were previously controlling. But somebody like myself, I'm already controlling the most important assets and that's my mind and that's my health. And I think that's where like I'm trying to take this podcast as well in terms of this is an opportunity for everyone now. Now, it breaks my heart that people out there are struggling and putting their lives on the line and people are losing their lives. But for all of us who are fortunate enough to still have air in our lungs, this is an opportunity now to start, like you were saying, controlling the things you can control. And then for the other stuff, recognizing there's either an answer, like you said, or if there's not an answer, let it go. I think that's, that's perfectly put the way you said that. So how are you staying sane then in, the, in this isolation period? Are you still like working out and doing things like that as well? Yeah, so um, before I tell you how good I'm doing, I got to say that last <laughs> Friday, yeah. no, two Fridays ago, I, I kind of had like a little breakdown, right? And okay. I was just kind of like, I'm tired of being in here. And like, because I don't, I, I don't really like going out to begin with, right? But that Friday, I was like, it sucks that I can't go out. It sucks that it's like when choice. I do want to go out, yeah, the choice is taken from me, right? Um, but after, after again, I just, I, I let it go. And I just said, you know what? This day is gone. I'm going to let it be gone. That's my choice at that point, right? And I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to eat whatever I want. And that's it. I'm done. And that's how I got through that day. But every other day, um, I just, I, I'm, I like work, right? So I'm choosing to stay busy. And that's how I kind of stay sane. I am still, you know, like working out whenever I do. I go out with, because um, I, have, I have a son, right? So we, I play with him um, whenever the time periods allow, like throughout the midday, like during my lunch, we go out for walks. Um, we're doing a lot of the normal stuff that we can do. We, we go to the store maybe once a week if, you know, we can, because um, I don't like, you know, exposing them. But like the food and, and all that stuff, like I choose to go by myself. Um, as far as like staying sane, it's really like I already mentioned you you have certain choices that you still can make and it's just empowering yourself through those that you're able to kind of say like even though I'm not able to uh go out anywhere right I feel trapped you still can go out and wave at your neighbors right like I think that human interaction is kind of what we're missing Absolutely. like oh I'm so trapped and like but when you see your neighbors and you notice that life is still going on that it's still very normal um, it, it tends to not affect you as much. I mean, I saw like, right, the people of Italy, um, they went crazy to the point where everybody's having like a, a party on their balconies, you know, everybody's <laughs> yeah, singing on their balconies. So that human interaction really keeps us going. Like we, we, we long for, even though people are introverts and everything, everybody longs for that interaction at some point. Absolutely. I, um, I was listening to a podcast actually, I think it was on Impact Theory by Tom Bilyeu. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And um, there was somebody on there and he was talking about the science behind happiness. And I think every single person's goal in life is to obviously achieve as much happiness as they possibly can. And the number one determining factor for that was relationships, human interaction and recognizing that even as an introvert, like you said there, you still need those relationships. It's the relationships I have, the close ones, where I can call on someone, whether it's my wife, my brother, my best friends, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me persevering on those days. So that's really, really interesting. And I just want to ask you something now. So I'm going to segue a little bit into a bit more of a, an emotive side, if I may. And by all means, say you don't want to speak about it. That's absolutely fine. That's, that's entirely your choice. You can control that. But um, I want to ask you, because you just mentioned there you've got a son and you spend a lot of time with your son. 
And this is just something maybe a little bit more personal to myself because there's many people that listen to this who may not have a relationship with their own parents, for example. Now you've got an opportunity to be a father and you you previously mentioned, obviously, your relationship initially wasn't great with your father. How have you taken that experience and turned it into your relationship with your son now? Because the reason I ask this is I used to be a social worker and sometimes I used to see the cycle was never broken. For example, if it's bad parenting, they'll continue the bad parenting. Whereas sometimes you need that one person to say, actually, that's bad parenting, but I'm going to stop that and I'm going to do the complete opposite. So putting you on the spot here, obviously, I'm hoping you're not a bad parent. I'm pretty sure you're not a bad parent, but I'm just interested in, in knowing about that, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, um, I, I can't pinpoint it to anything, to be honest. Um, I think my mom was a very, very great mother. Um, she was there for us. She actually was a nanny, right? So she loves kids. Um, but it was, it was, again, it was just a frustration of seeing that I didn't have a father, that I wanted a father, right? That um, I had somebody that was very loving to me. So I was like, I wonder what it would be like to have, you know, two people, a complete family. Um, and then just seeing, I, I think I was very drawn to the idea of a family like early on. So now with, with my son, um, the, the main reason that I think that I'll never blow up like massively is because I, at some point, it, it's my emotions, right? Like I, I'm the one that's controlling them. At some point in the day, I go, I need to spend time with them. I love that. And I have another one on the way, actually. Which oh, is, congratulations. Which is really funny, thank you, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's that draw, like I, I, I feel this draw, right? And I go like, I haven't seen him enough. I haven't spent enough time with him that I know that when you're trying to build something massive, they say, you know, that entrepreneur goes to sleep and or doesn't go to sleep and blah, blah, blah. And I go, you know, I want to go to sleep because if not, I'm going to be really, really emotional negatively the next day and I'm not going to be there for him. So I know like for a fact now, maybe once he gets older, like, and I don't have to like spend as much time with them, maybe then I'll have like some more free time. But for these next 18 years, I'm not going to blow up to that level that a lot of these big time speakers are, right? Like I, I'm not going to go and do these big tours of 52 uh, times a year, right? Where I'm going to be gone most of the time um, from my house because I, I, I need that. I crave it, you know? So um, I don't know. It was, it was just a, a lack, right? A lack of something that I always wanted. And I think that might, some people might, might see that in, in their own goals and ambitions, right? Absolutely. They might see that something that they lacked as a kid is something that they want now. Right. Um, it was funny when I, when I was growing up, the thing that I lacked was um, I never had a room and eventually they turned half because it's a mobile home park. You can do whatever the hell you want inside your house. Right. They turned half the living room into my room and I, I liked it. But at the same time, I, 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 there's two sides to the story. There's the people that go, oh, I got my own room and they're happy and everything. Right. I said, it's sad that I had to get my own room out of a living room. And it wasn't to see it in a negative way, but I was like, why can't we be a normal family? Of that I just have a normal room. Like, so it was, it was all these things of just lack. Right. And I'm like, I'm never going to put my family through that same situation. Right? So, so I, it's a big driving factor. Like those, those things that just kind of stick with you and, and that like never really leave you, you yeah, know? Absolutely. I love that. I can resonate with that as well. And I think again, there's nothing wrong with if somebody wants to, for example, become that person who blows up for example so we mentioned Tom Bilyeu earlier and him and his wife have decided not to have kids because he knows he's going to be so consumed with the work and his life purpose of doing what he's doing and as much as I love everything they stand for and I love the entrepreneurial side and their ethics and their values I'm 
on the same note as yourself. I haven't got kids yet, but hopefully when I do have kids, I just want to spend as much time with my kids as possible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if that means never going on Instagram or never doing YouTube and only doing one podcast a week, that's absolutely fine. I mean, I love the podcast. It's my passion project. I get to help and hopefully inspire people, but that's going to be my world. That's going to be my life. And I'm happy with that. And I think it comes down to a self-awareness thing. You're self-aware enough to recognize that actually this is what's going to make me happy. And I think sometimes many of us go through life and this is one of the premises behind Find Your Voices. We're living a life based on what our parents or our teachers tell us what to do. And I always try and encourage people. The your is the most important point of my podcast name. It's find your voice. We need to find what makes us happy. I spent my life getting degrees, diplomas. Uh, I went to like a grammar school. I was I was academically quite clever. So I was just doing stuff and my parents, they were like really happy, really proud parents. But I was like, this isn't what I've always wanted to do. I mean, my dream was to be a boxer as a kid and then it was to be more creative with my work. And it's only now, like I'm 33 years old and I'm able to be a bit more creative with my videos, with my stuff. And I don't really care if I get views or anything. It's it's me and it's my internal happiness, if that makes sense. So I love that you say that. And, I, and I'm glad that obviously you're in a much better place in terms of from the past trauma and stuff, you're now working towards just making a happy home for yourself. So that's that's really inspiring. And, and I love that message about you. Yeah. If, if there's anybody who, who like right now is listening and thinking of like starting their own thing, because like there was a lot of anxiety that came with that, right? There was a lot of like unknowns and variables and things like that. Um, I would say just start with one thing that you know, right? And that's really, really in anything. But I say, I say business because like eventually people want to have their own brand. They want to have their own thing, their own podcast, right? Which eventually turns into like some way that you can make more monetary gain because that's that's a big stress reliever right once you have enough money it relieves a lot of stress um but you start with one thing you just start with one thing that you know and and if you don't know how to do it then hopefully you save up a little bit of money and pay somebody that does know right um it, it doesn't have to be this big like crippling thing that that you just can never start once once i started doing just one thing at a time the ball just starts kind of rolling and you have this momentum and that's kind of where I'm at right now with the business podcast uh, my job uh, the the second podcast which we might launch all the merchandise (laughs) yeah um, it it just it started um, it just started growing one by one the the marketing company customer by customer it's it's one by one you don't get I mean eventually maybe I will have like an influx of like 40 at once right but when you're starting off it's one by one and it's each one, 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 one. And then eventually just before you know it, you have 40, 50, 80. And that's the way that goes. I love that. I love that. You remind me a little bit of myself that you do a podcast and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'll do another podcast, which is exactly what I've done. <laughs> so I've started a separate men's health for like male suicides and stuff and just trying to help people with that. And then when I took it on, it seemed like the greatest idea in the world and I absolutely love it. But it's like another job because of the editing, yeah. the content. And then I'm speaking to my other friends and they're like, we should do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, we should, but I know what it's like. But at the same time, I want to say yes to everything. But again, it comes down to managing my levels and making sure that can I control it? Because one thing I don't want to do is do something with not 100%. I've I've always been that Mm -hmm. kind of person, all or nothing in terms of what I do, which I'm pretty sure you're the same as well with that. Yeah, absolutely. Because once you put only like half work or half effort, you're not happy anymore. Yeah, definitely. So right now then in this time, you seem to have your life figured out. And when I say that, I mean that respectfully, that we all have our off days, but most likely, generally speaking, we're kind of doing the stuff that makes us happy, i.e. finding our voice, for example. What's your biggest fear in this moment right now? Oh, that's a that's a difficult one. Um, 
So I, I don't know. My, my wife jokes around that I'm a Virgo. So that is just how I am, you know, I'm the same. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always worried about the intangibles, right? So when uh, COVID-19 hit, I was worried about uh, customers saying we can't pay you for advertising because there's no point in doing it. Right. So my fear at that time was not having enough customers. So I went out and tried to find more. What ended up happening is nobody canceled and now we have more customers. Love it. So because of that, I actually need to hire more help. Um, but my biggest fear is actually always that company going on, right? Because there's been so much work. There's people that are actually dependent on that, on that money that's coming in now that I have a fear that I have a responsibility towards those, those people. Um, I know that my family will always be taken care of. I know that I can always find a job. Um, I know that I can find the customers for that marketing company. But what I can't control are things like this right? The, the COVID-19 Absolutely. and people saying like, because of that, we can't do it anymore. So there, there is a fear behind it going under, but then there's like, uh, like I have, I have confidence in myself that I can find more. So it's just this internal struggle that never really leaves me. Right. Besides that, uh, I don't think that, that all these other things, um, you know, they're not being enough food. They're not being enough toilet paper yeah. <laughs> in America. I don't, I don't know if anybody's going to resonate with what's listening, you know, but over here, like that was our biggest fear, no food and, and, and water and toilet paper, right? We've gotten by, we've gotten by, we, we have enough of everything. Um, I've been able to send out people stuff that Love needed that. it, right? Yeah. I, as far as, as far as fear, I've been, I've been getting better about managing it. It's, it's, it's like you say, like, um, it seems like I have things figured out. Uh, but there's so many things that still aren't figured out. It's just where you're at at that moment. You have these millionaires that seem like they have their stuff figured out, but the the levels of problems that they have, the stress is the same that you might feel with a smaller problem. It's just you haven't gotten to that level of problem yet. I don't think there's anyone in the world who doesn't have parts of their life where they're thinking, oh my God, I just need to get a handle on this. Um, and again, it's just that thing. We just control the stuff in terms of our priorities. I mean, I've seen millionaires, for example, that I've, I've trained as a personal trainer and when, when they're training with me they're, they're so out of shape yet their business acumen and everything they've achieved on that front is like world class whereas I focus on my body but my business level at that point was like the worst of the worst so again it's just different areas of your life and you just got to know where to put your energy into in terms of what's important for you so absolutely I think we're all figuring it out and this is one of the things I also say on the show as well so it's great that you're so transparent and honest in all your answers because I don't want people to see you as the finished article because perfection doesn't exist in my opinion I've yet to interview somebody who's perfect at the minute and I mean that with all due respect to all of my guests because I appreciate and love you all but I just think work on what you're good at know what you need to do in terms of moving yourself forward and then, then you can obviously live a more happy and fulfilled life yeah that, that's one of the the other reasons that I feel that I might not get there as fast. One of one of my favorite things, I don't know where this came up from, but like I remember saying it and it was, um, if you have to read my bio, I'm not there yet. Right. Like that. I like that. And, and it's like, because really what introduction, if you, if somebody's introducing you, like obviously you're there, right. But you see these people that are like putting their Lamborghinis out there and they're so flashy and they're on these YouTube videos and then you say their name, right? Like, uh, and I'm not going to say any names because I know the name's like, <laughs> yeah. but they're like, oh, you know, like it's, it's Peter dad, Daniel or something like that. Right. And they're like, who's that? And it's like, well, it doesn't matter how much you keep bragging about yourself so if they true. don't even know you. Right. So, so that, that's the thing is that like, I'm, I'm transparent and everything because I don't believe I've gotten there. Um, 
even as a millionaire, it's like, if, if you've never heard of me, then I'm pretty much nothing. You know what I mean? So, so there's, there's this thing that it's like, um, they call them these, uh, oh God, what do they call them? The, the millionaires and the billionaires, they call them like these broken billionaires and billionaires. Cause the moment you attack their ego, it's, it's a letter you're going to get sued and this and that. And it's like, if, if you were transparent with everybody and somebody said, Hey, you know what? Like you're fake. And you're just like, Hey guys, look, this guy's calling me fake. I appreciate the fact that he's looking at my videos and they came with positivity. Like that would make them look better than if that person's like, Oh, I called this person fake and now they're suing me. Because so true. Wow. I actually have a personal story about that, but that's a conversation for offline. Obviously we don't, <laughs> okay. we don't want to get ourselves in trouble, yeah. but it's really interesting. You said that. And again, I think there is a level of insecurity and why people feel the need to be so flashy. I always try and look beneath that. And one of the things I'm very conscious of doing, especially for this show as well is I need to make sure that somebody comes on it and they speak from the heart. I don't need somebody to come in on there telling me how rich and successful and how perfect your life is because firstly, it doesn't fit the show. There's so many better shows that, that person should go to because my audience is slightly different and we're just regular people just trying to do better by our families and by ourselves. So absolutely love that answer, mate. At this point, I'm going to jump into the fun part of the show. So this part of the show is just 60 to 90 seconds of random questions that I've got here in front of me. So one word or one sentence answers only. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, let's get going. Okay, then what is your favorite hobby? Working. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd say that. What is your biggest mistake that you made last year? Paying a, a business coach without first uh, really looking into his background. Your proudest achievement to date? My son. I love that. Who is your favorite motivational speaker? Grant Cardone, <laughs> with okay. the expense of, of pissing off a few people, yeah. <laughs> He's a bit like Marmite, isn't he? But um, it's funny because I've gone off Grant Cardone recently, but when I first started this entrepreneurial space, his books actually helped me massively, like the 10X sell or be sold. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. So I think just use what you can from different people. Great, great value from him, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so if you could get the listeners to practice one thing after this episode, what would it be? Uh, take more action. Action makes you feel better. If you could abolish one thing from the world, what would it be? Oh man, sorry, that one's gonna take a uh, I'm gonna say fear, fear. What is your favorite book? Uh, how to win friends and influence people. Would you rather the ability to read minds or predict the future? Minds. Who is your biggest role model? Grant Cardone. What is your biggest goal this year? For this year, I want to break 150,000 on my marketing company. Love that. That's the luck for that, mate. What would you like to Thank be remembered for? Helping people out in a monetary way when they need it. What is your favorite color? Black. Money or fame? Money. The number one thing that annoys you? People talking to me when I'm working. Would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? When. And finally, what is your biggest strength? The ability to get past emotion. So that is the end of the fun part of the show. So just two more questions as we kind of tail off. The next question, my friend, is about reflection. So I'm a firm believer that hindsight is a wonderful thing. We can always find ways to get to where we are quicker easier or with less heartache but at the same time the journey teaches us so so much as well so what i want to know is knowing everything that you know now with all your wisdom and all your knowledge if you could maybe go back to a younger self and whisper something in your ears what would you say i i would say to just get started like no matter what it was because ba back in when i was younger uh, i would have these ideas but i would listen too much to other people and the key is just to get started like no doubt just start don't worry about what other people say yeah sound advice especially not listening to other people as well because that can just deter you or the wrong information and it's only when you start that's actually when you start to learn so yeah fantastic 
And that sadly does bring us to the last question. And the last question I ask every single one of my guests is about legacy. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save you and me, and all that exists is a book, and this book is about you, it's about your life, it's about all the amazing accomplishments that you've achieved. Firstly, what I want to know is what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you? You ask really hard questions that people <laughs> need to think about. Um, take your time. Take your time. See, I always, I always, I, I saw this thing that said um, to try to describe yourself in three words based on where you're at in life, right? And because of that, um, I would kind of, just because where I'm at right now, maybe when I'm older, I might change it. But right now, I want it to be a professional young hustler. So that's what I would want it to be. Um, and then have it reflect really like on, on my younger years, right? Because by the time I'm older, I'm, I'm going to guess that I'm going to be successful, right? But um, I think the summary on the back, I would want it to say that um, I, I strive to work as much as I could. You know, I put my head down. I got to a level of, of success to where I could start helping enough people. And then when I died, I left my family with the fortune, but donated half of it to people in need. I love that that's like an intrinsic goal of yours to like give back as well. So that does sadly, however, leave us to the end of the show. And one of the things I want to make sure now is that I haven't missed something. So is there any questions that you wish I may have asked you? Or is there anything that you want to leave the audience with before I give you a chance to tell us where they can find you? No, I, I think that the questions that you asked were really good as a, as a final thought. Um, the only thing that I want to say is to just really reiterate that you, you like every single person is in control of almost like 99% of everything that's happening out there. And even when you lose control, you're still in control of the feelings about how you feel about it. Right. So, so the, the more that you feel that things are happening to you, start making them so that they're happening for you because of you. Right. And if, if you can realize that, if you can realize that everything that you do, you are the one that's controlling it. I think you'll be living a better life. Absolutely. I think that is one of the most powerful things. And I understand that having been on the journey and read the books and stressed myself out most of my life, that that actually is so, so true. So I think if somebody's listening, just rewind those few seconds, because that is so important that to recognize we actually have control of everything, including our emotions, the way we react to situations. And if we in that moment think we can't control it there's probably a feedback loop somewhere that we need to go back and look at why is that winding us up why is that making us react in this particular way so thank you for sharing that and what is the best place then people can connect with you i know i'll have you on instagram but what other places along with your instagram as well can people follow your journey so there's a few places with my website which is www.iamrubenalvarez.com um, i have a youtube channel which is in for the kill podcast um, we do other fun stuff there too i do product reviews too and then also mindset video and then my two instagrams are the i am ruben alvarez and then in for the kill podcast as well fantastic i love the name in for the kill there used to be a song i think by larue which was which i really really liked as well called in for the kill so i've, I've been combating for that top spot on youtube <laughs> and everything but i'm almost there i got <laughs> yeah. i got my fingers crossed for you my friend so thank you so at this point obviously thank you so much from the other side of the world taking time out of your day to come on to join the find your voice family i'm really passionate about obviously the people i bring on you guys make this show i can't just sit here and talk into a microphone because nobody wants to hear that all the time so thank you obviously for taking time out of your day and congratulations as well for the new one for you and your wife as well and of course for everyone else at home thank you so much for listening and remember this podcast is absolutely free so all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on itunes have an awesome day